along in our series that we started a few weeks ago that we are calling Five Years From Now. Five Years From Now. And in this series, we've been addressing uh, and talking about two very important questions relating to the next five years of our lives. So as we look at the, at the next five years and where you want to be in five years, it's easy to dream about those things. But we said at the very beginning that the most important thing that you can do is to make Jesus the center of the next five years of your life. To make Jesus the, the focal point of the next five years of your life. And we've been, we've been talking about, as we've gone through this, each week we've mentioned these and we're going to put them up again today, but these two questions that are probably the most inqu- important questions you can ask yourself regarding the next five years is, will my life reflect more of Jesus? And what in my life right now doesn't reflect Jesus? So this is the, the baseline for this series that we've been in, is asking ourselves over the next five years, will my life look more like Jesus? And then we need to stop and say, and what in my life right now? If I'm trying to get my life to look more like Jesus in the future, what in my life right now does not reflect Jesus? And in part one, in week one, we talked about keep the change, and we said that many of, many of us, a lot of times, we say this statement with our lives, not really out loud, but we'll say something like, God, save me, but keep the change. Save me. I want to go to heaven. I want, I want your salvation, but I don't really want the sanctification. I don't want anything to change in my life. And then last week in part two, uh, we titled the message, A Better View. And we said that life isn't about acting like a Christian. It's about becoming more like Jesus. It's not about you trying to act more like a Christian. It's more about you becoming more like Jesus so that people around you can have a better view of who Jesus is. And today, I want to talk to you on this subject. If you're taking notes, the title of the message today is, It's Not What It Looks Like. Come on, look at your neighbor right now. Tell them, it's not what it looks like. (laughs) It's not what it looks like. (laughs) Some of y'all don't know if you should say that or not. It's not what it looks like. Um, as we've been going through this series, we've been, we've been learning that growing spiritually is a process, right? It's, it's a process that lasts over the entirety of your life. But I wonder today, uh, has anybody ever, you ever uh, did a marath- full marathon or a half marathon or a 5K or anything like that? We got anybody in here that's ever done that? A few people, a few people. I've never done one of those. Um, a full marathon. I don't know. I've seen pictures. I have some some friends that that pastor other churches that I am friends with on Instagram as well. And I'll see pictures. You know, this one guy in particular. He he runs marathons uh, pretty regularly. And uh, I'm like, dude, you look like you're about to die after you get done. like. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where the enjoyment is in that. But maybe one day. I don't know. Maybe one day my mind might be changed and. But what, what we understand about a marathon, half marathon, a, a 5K, anything like that is we know it's not a sprint. How many of you know if you just take off running as fast as you can run on a 26.2 mile marathon after about a quarter of a mile, <laughs> you're done, right? You take off some of this, some it's like, whoo, I worked up for this, and, and you get about a mile in, you're like, oh, dear Jesus, like, is this, you know, 25 more miles to go? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can do this or not. But we know it's not a sprint, obviously. You need to pace yourself. You need to, to, to pace yourself. The race doesn't start and end quickly. It takes time. It takes some time. 
I was also thinking this last week about the difference between a microwaved meal and a slow-cooked meal. Come on, where are my microwave people at? Come on, let me see your hand. Microwave people, you like the microwave? Microwave, I'll throw some stuff in the microwave. Uh, we have an air fryer. That's even better because the stuff comes out crispy and it cooks fast too, right? Uh, microwave versus slow cooking a meal. And, and some of you moms can relate to this. I know that my wife can. Um, you're trying to prepare a good meal for your kids, um, and all they want is what's now. <laughs> She'll be in the kitchen fixing something, and it'll be smelling good, and one of the kids will be in the pantry trying to dig something out, out of a bin to eat. And it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, just trying to get something quick. I'm just, and and maybe, uh, maybe your kids, you know, don't do this. Maybe they do. I don't know. But our kids have this phrase, and we've kind of tried to get them to quit saying this phrase. But I'm starving. I'm starving. <laughs> you are not starving. <laughs> you, there is nothing starving about you. <laughs> You're not starving. Uh, but there's a difference between a microwaved meal and a slow-cooked meal. And I, I think we have this on the screen. Here's kind of the point I want to make with this. A microwave will warm up your food quicker, but it never tastes as good as something that's been prepared slowly. <laughs> a microwave will get it done in two minutes, but it'll never taste as good as something that took an hour. Something that you actually prepared and put in the oven. Come on, you can have the TV dinner, but it'll never taste as good as the steak. Oh, <laughs> come on, you can pop, you can pull a little peeling off that that TV dinner and pop it in the microwave, and you can have that all you want, but it'll never taste as good as a steak that's been prepared just the way that you like it. Oh, come on, somebody, I'm getting hungry right now at 10:15 in the morning. You can have the microwave pizza. <laughs> But it'll never have the consistency and the texture of a pizza that's been prepared and cooked in the oven the appropriate amount of time. Are you with me? You can throw that pizza in the microwave, but it's going to be nasty. <laughs> you pull that thing out and you can't even cut it because it'll be, you know, just flimsy. You just fold it in half and eat it like a sandwich. It'll never have, it'll never have the taste. It'll never have the consistency. It'll never have... The, the texture or whatever you want to say, the crispiness, come on somebody, for those of you that like thin crust pizza, it'll never have the same, it'll never be the same. If you throw it in the microwave or you throw it in something, something quick, it'll never be the same as something that has been prepared slowly. And as I was thinking about this message today and before we get into a few verses that we're going to talk about for the rest of our time, I thought, you know what, many of us want a microwaved sanctification and spiritual growth not something that's slowly cooked <laughs> some of y'all are already frustrated in this series we're in week three and i don't see any difference <laughs> it's week three and i don't think it's working it's because it's a process it takes time and some of us, we want, you know, maybe we've gotten from, we talked about in week one, well, we want, you know, we want salvation, but uh, you really know sanctification. I don't really want anything in my life to change. Maybe you've kind of gotten out of that, but now you're like, come on, God. Like, when is something going to, when am I going to start to see a difference, right? Some of y'all are like, when am I going to start to see a difference in my spouse? <laughs> and God's like, I'm working on you. <laughs> I can work on them with them, but let me work on you, right? It's a process. 
And we want to micro we want to throw our <laughs> we want to throw our spiritual growth in the microwave and warm it up for three minutes and it come out and be like, whoo, I just know all about the Bible and you know I'm just living for God now and you know if it, I can you know I can just answer whatever question you have I can just answer any question you know three minutes in the microwave and all is well but that's not the way that God works. It's not the way that God desires for your life to be developed. This process that God is taking us on from the moment we give our lives to him is not about speed, it's about endurance. Come on, somebody say endurance. It's not about how fast you get there. It's about whether or not you get there. It's not about how quickly you get there. It's about whether or not you're actually going to get there. Are you going to stay in the process? And I want us to take a look at what Paul wrote to the Philippians about this race or this process or this endurance in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. This is what he said. He said, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Now, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. We see right here that Paul is defining this spiritual growth process as a marathon, not a sprint. It's not something that you're going to figure out in a weekend or in three weeks of a series or even in the next five years, really. It's a process. And we even see, you can go back and we can see different instances even in Paul's life where, where Paul was, was growing spiritually. And early on, you know, he's real zealous about things. And you can read different stories and, and different things that he wrote down. And you can kind of see where, you know, he was real excited about the gospel. He was real excited about Jesus. His life had been changed and he's doing all of these things. And there, there are, are relationships that are, you know, are being severed and, and people going different directions and all of these things. And all along the way, Paul, a guy who wrote half of the New Testament that we read, was in the same process that God wants to take you through in your life. Paul was in the same process that you are going through. Paul was a guy who was, I don't know if you know this or not, he was killing Christians before Jesus saved him. But here's what's encouraging to me. You can go back and you can read the story and he's traveling and, and, and all of a sudden there, he's blinded and, and Jesus is there and, and he hears the voice of Jesus and, and his life has changed from that moment over. He, he gives his life to Jesus in that moment and then begins to, the people that he was persecuting and the people that he was killing, now he begins to try to spread the gospel and, and develop more Christians, develop more people that are following Jesus. But here's what I love about Paul. When Paul got saved, he did not become a super Christian. Some of us are looking for when we give our life to Jesus, all of a sudden we become this super Christian. That now I should have it all figured out. I, there was a message we talked about this several months back about the fruit of the Spirit. And how it starts with fruit doesn't just appear. It starts by planting a seed. 
and watering the seed and the tree or the plant beginning to grow. And then the fruit develops at the very end. And that's the part that we enjoy. But it's a process. And it's encouraging to me. I don't know if it is to you or not, but a guy that wrote half of the New Testament that we read was in the same process. And whenever Jesus saved him, he did not become a super Christian overnight. He didn't wake up and have all the answers and know exactly what to tell everybody and, 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 and know all of, the, all of the stuff and, whoo, I'm just spiritually mature. And all. No, he was in the same process that God is trying to take us on. In fact, he says in what we just read a few moments ago that he starts off these, these few verses by saying that he has not achieved the things that he is explaining to us. He says, I have not gotten to the place of perfection. Anybody perfect? Try to see who's going to lie in church today. <laughs> he says, I haven't, I haven't achieved perfection. I haven't gotten where God wants me to get yet. But here's what I do. Here's what I know. Here's what I can keep on doing in this lifelong process, in this marathon, not a sprint, and I want to talk about the things for the next few moments. I want to talk about the things that Paul said that he keeps on doing. Here's Paul said, "Here's here's what I do. I haven't gotten there yet. I understand I'm in this process. I'm in this. I'm on this journey with God that's going to last for the rest of my life. But here's what I know I need to do. And so I want to give you three things that we read in Philippians three just a moment ago. Uh, in in this process regarding this race that we're running." In life, And if living for Jesus and becoming like Jesus is a matter of endurance and not as much about the quickness of it, then the question becomes, how can we run the race well? If it's not a sprint and it's not something that just, and it's over, if it's a lifelong process, if it's a lifelong race, if it's a lifelong journey, then the question becomes, how can I run the race? How can I finish the race? How can I make sure that at the end of this, I am where God desires for me to be? How can we make sure that we stay in the process and become everything that God wants us to be? Here's number one and what Paul said. First thing we have to do, forget the past. Forget the past. <laughs> Paul says, I haven't, I haven't achieved perfection. But here's what I know. I, I, I do this. I do this one thing, and before he gets to the one thing that we're going to talk about in just a moment, he lists two other things that we're going to talk about ahead of time. One of those things is forgetting the past. Somebody in here needs to learn the art of forgetting the past, forgetting where you failed, forgetting the things that the enemy keeps trying to to bring up, Paul says, here's how I get to the place where God desires for me. I forget the past. When you're running a race, you have to forget about what and who is behind you. Anybody ever seen a video or seen somebody running a race or running track, or maybe it was one of your kids or your spouse or even you whenever you uh, were, were doing that in your life, and somebody that tripped and fell because they were looking back? You see this in sports. They always teach you in sports, you know, if you, if you're, especially in football, to never look back. Because when you look back, you lose speed. 
when you look back, somebody can catch you. But, but we need to learn the art. So, some of us are, are going around, and it's like our, our one-year-old little girl who has, has just you know, mastered the art of walking, if you can call it walking, <laughs> and has started walking around the house and getting into everything or whatever. <laughs> and sometimes I'll be chasing her around the house, and she'll be walking you know, as fast as she can go with her little legs. And I'll be chasing you like, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. And she gets so excited, and she's looking back, and she'll trip and fall. Because she's looking back at dad who's saying he's coming to get her. And she's all excited about it or whatever. And then that excitement turns from laughter into crying because now she has face planted on the floor because she was looking back at what was behind her. Some of us are face planting every day because we keep looking back at what, we, what is in the past. And Paul said, listen, here's the first thing I do. If I want to endure until the end... If I want to stay in the process, I've got to forget the path. I've got to forget what's behind me. I can't focus on what's behind me. Some moms in the room today, you know, you felt like you failed your kids in some way. Maybe they're grown and and they're not, you know, living the way that you you expected or you anticipated them living and you feel like you failed or maybe your kids are young and and you feel like you're failing them or you feel like you failed them at some point uh, a decision you made this last month or this last year or in the last seven years or or 15 years ago I don't know where it happened for you but can I just encourage you today you haven't failed them you haven't failed them raising them is a process it's a process that really never ends. Now, should there be seasons in the process? Yes, that's another message for another day. Should there be times when you're not doing everything for them anymore? Yes, that's another message for another day. But raising your kids is really a process for the rest of your life. It's the different seasons of discipline and coaching and parenting and friendship and guidance and leadership and different things like that, that it's all a process that really never ends. It really never ends. But so many of us, and, and I, I really feel like so many, so many moms in our society today feel like they're not getting it right. You feel like you're not doing everything that you should be doing. You feel like you're, you're, you're failing at what you set out to do. And why, is, why did this not go this way? If I was a good mom, that wouldn't have happened. If I was a good parent, that wouldn't have happened. They wouldn't be in this season. They wouldn't be doing that. Can I just encourage you today? You're not failing. What you need to do is you need to learn the art of whatever decision you made back here that you felt like might have been a failure or you felt like wasn't the best decision. You need to forget the past and move into the present and into the future and understand that today is a new day. I can't keep looking back at all of the decisions I've made and expect to move forward. If I keep focusing on everything that I've done wrong, I'll never get to where God wants me to be. So Paul says, listen, here's what I figured out. I figured out I need to forget the past. I need to forget about what I used to do. I need to forget about where I used to be. I need to forget about what somebody said about me. I need to forget about where I've come from. I need to forget about those things that are holding me back. I need to forget the past. 
And some of us are holding on to the decisions we made in the past or the life we lived in the past. And God is here this morning to encourage you that he has more for your life. And when you gave your life to him, it's time to forget the past and let him transform your life for the better. Which leads me to point number two, which is what Paul said. The second thing he said, you got to look forward. You got to look forward. You have to open your eyes and look forward. Some of us are like, you know, I can turn my head away from the past, but mm, I don't really want to see where I'm going. I'm I'm nervous about where I'm going. I'm nervous about the process that God's taking me. I'm 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 a little bit timid about really looking forward. Paul says you got to forget the past and then you've got to look forward. He says I always look forward. Looking forward is the only way to see where God is taking you as you follow him. You ever tried to follow somebody without looking at them? Some of us are trying to follow Jesus like this. Like, oh, where, oh, you over here? Oh. But what about that, Jesus? Oh, you moved again. Some of us are not, you can't follow somebody that you're not looking at. And some of us, we're not, we're not able to follow Jesus on this journey that he's taking us on because we're not looking forward. Some of us are looking back, and some of us are distracted. Come on, anybody ever been distracted? Some of us are distracted by everything that's going on around us, and we lose sight. You know, it's like you're following Jesus, and Jesus gets in a crowd of people, and you're like, you know, uh, you know, all these people are trying to talk to you and this and that, and like you're losing Jesus, and you're trying to figure out where he is. You've got to keep your eyes looking forward you got to forget the past and you've got to look forward um i somebody gave me this example a long time ago but it was perfect for what we're talking about today when you think about your vehicle and the difference between your rearview mirror and your windshield <laughs> how big is the rearview mirror how big is the windshield is it safe to say that there might be a reason why the windshield is so much bigger than the thing that you look into to see behind you? And we'll drive around. Come on, some of y'all are doing this right now. Your rearview mirror will break and you won't fix it for years. If ever, until you try to sell your car and they're like, where's the rearview mirror? You're like, you know, I was going to get that fixed for you. I'm going to get that fixed for you before you buy that car. That thing will break off of there, and it's like, yeah, you know, we'll just make do. But how many of you are going to get up in the morning on a winter day when your windshield is covered in ice and just, we'll just make do? We'll just pull out, you know. We'll just see what happens. Just see what happens. When a rearview mirror breaks, it's really not, you can make do without seeing what's behind you most of the time. But if your front windshield is covered, you're not going anywhere. Is it safe to say that there might be a reason in your life why God is saying, stop focusing on everything that you've done in the past and look at me and follow me where I'm trying to take you right now. Look forward. Look forward. I need to say it till somebody gets it this morning. You need to look 
forward. Seeing in front of you is more important than seeing what's behind you. The Bible says that God has plans to give you hope and a good future. So why in the world would we be looking back? When God says, here's what I have for you. I've got plans for you. I've got purpose for you. I've got calling for you. I've got a good future for you. I've got hope for you. I've got all of these things for you if you'll look forward. So Paul says, here's what I do. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm not perfect. I haven't achieved it. I'm on this, I'm on this journey with God. But here's what I know I've got to do on this journey. I've got to forget what's behind me. I've got to keep my eyes looking forward. And then here's number three. I've got to press on. I've got to press on. In fact, here's how he said it in what we just read a few moments ago. He said, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. That's not the one thing. Those are prerequisites to getting to the one thing. Paul says, I do this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Here's what I do. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. You have to press on. Anybody in here understand that life is hard sometimes? Anybody in here been through something in the last week? Anybody in here been trying to live for Jesus and your tire goes flat? This happened to us this week. And lo and behold, you pull in, and we're not even in town. We're an hour and a half away. And you pull in, and the guy comes out. Man, you need four new tires. Why every time I come to the shop do I need four new tires? You need four new tires. And he was right, you know. They had been worn, and I don't remember the last time we had changed the tires on the vehicle. It had been a little while. So we pull in there, and they put four new tires. They put four new tires on there, and, and we move on, right? $500 later, we move on. Anybody ever been through something in life? And you're thinking, I'm trying... And you stop in the moment and your prayer turns into this, like, I'm trying. <laughs> I'm trying to do the right thing. I'm trying to read my Bible. I prayed today. I've been going to church. Why is all this happening? And Paul says, listen, this is the one thing that I know you've got to do as you go through life. you got to press on. You gotta press on. You can't stop because things get difficult. You've gotta press on. You forget what's behind you, turn your eyes and look forward and move forward. Press on. You gotta press on. Paul says, I keep running the race. What is he talking about pressing on for? It's the perfection that Jesus wants for him. When do you receive perfection? When, Jesus, when you make it to heaven. It's a process for the rest of your life. You're going to have to press on. Let me encourage you today. You're going to have to press on from now until the end of your life. 
<laughs> Isn't that encouraging? <laughs> that from now until the end of your life, you're going to have to press on. You're going to have to continually say, nope, I'm, I've left that life behind. I'm looking ahead to what God has for me, and I'm going to press on today. Today I'm going to press on. On Monday I'm going to press on. On Thursday I'm going to press on. In order to get there, you have to keep running. You have to keep running. You'd say, well, I don't feel like a great mom. I would say keep running. Well, I know I messed up this time, but keep running. I can't see what, I can't, I can't see what God has promised for me. Keep running. Keep running. Press on. I didn't know it was going to be this difficult. Keep running. I didn't know it was going to end up like that. Keep running. Press on. I want us to take a look. I believe this is in 1972 in the Olympics, but there's a video that I want you to, it's a couple of minutes long, but I want you to, to take a peek at this video, and then we'll be back to wrap things up today. In lane three, Dave Waddle with the golf cap from the United States. He started wearing that golf cap because he had real long hair that used to come down in his eyes, and then he kept it as a superstition. Two laps around. They run in lanes for the first 100 meters, and then they'll break. Boyd is looking strong again at the moment already. On the inside, we have Arshanov. Arshanov in the lead as they break, but Boyd on the outside is going for the lead right now. Uko, the other Kenyan, on the inside, and Waddle is way back exactly where he was in the semifinals. We don't know right now whether he's just trying to stay out of trouble. It'll be a few more hundred yards before we know if Dave is seriously injured or really just lagging back to stay out of trouble. He's not too bad because it was quite a fast pace through that first 200 meters. And as we said, here go the Kenyans charging for the lead, coming up to the bell lap. Boyd and Uku. Okay, and right with them is Andy Carter of Great Britain, Dieter Fromm of East Germany. Those are the four right now. They're on the bell lap. The split is 52.3. If Dave could just pull up here and get on the outside of Arzano, he would have him boxed in perfectly. Let's hope Dave makes a move down this back stretch. The Kenyans running like a mirror reflection of each other. First and second, Rob's there he right goes. there with him. There's Arzana from the Soviet Union going up to the lead now. There goes Arzana, the favorite, taking the lead. Dave Waddle is making his bid. He's not in too bad position right now. I think Dave's in great position on this at this point. He's in perfect position on the outside. Good striking distance for this last 100, 200 meters. Stand by for the kick of Dave Waddle. If he's got it, he could make it. But he's got to catch Arzana and the Kenyan. And here he comes. This is the bid for a gold medal of Dave Waddle. Somebody in here today feels like you're at the end of the pack. But it's amazing what happens when you keep running. <laughs> It's incredible what can happen when you make the decision to keep running. When it looks like everything is crazy in your life, you keep running. When you feel like there's nothing but failure, you keep running. You press on. From now until the rest of your life, 
Christian life isn't about speed, it's about endurance. It's about endurance. I want to bring the worship team back. Will you stand to your feet today? We forget what's behind us. We look at what's ahead of us. And we continually press on. See, the hard fact of sanctification is that everyone has to grow and change. <laughs> the part of sanctification and, and that we don't like is that, that you have to grow and you have to change in some areas of your life. And the reality is that sometimes in this process we don't see the growth we expect. Anybody ever been, been, been doing the right thing and not seeing the growth that you expected to see? I thought I'd be in a different place by now by doing the things that I've been doing. But I love how the Bible equates spiritual growth to agriculture a lot of times. And here's what we know about agriculture and seasons and things like that, that, that plants go through seasons when growth is more noticeable than others. Oh, y'all ain't ready for this. <laughs> oh. Plants go through seasons where you can see the growth and seasons where it doesn't seem like anything's really happening. See, in the spring, we see the growth and it looks pretty. In our lives, a lot of times, we want it to be spring all the time. Everything looks pretty. Everything's growing. Everything's moving forward. Everything's, everything's going my way. But how many of you know there's another season called winter? In the spring, things are growing and you can see the growth and you can see the prettiness and you can see the, the beauty. And in the winter, things look like they're dead. They look like they're dead. It doesn't look like anything's growing. But it's in the winter seasons that plants are still doing the work they will need for their growth when the spring comes. Somebody in here today is in a winter season and you feel like giving up. But it's in the winter that you're prepared for the growth that comes in the spring. When it doesn't look like anything is going on in your life right now. I know it doesn't look like anything's going on in your life right now. You're not seeing the, you're not seeing the results. Can I just encourage you today? The results aren't up to you. The results are not, not what you're responsible for. In the winter is when the work is happening so that the growth can come in the spring. And I, I found this out this last week that plants can even grow in harsh conditions. I don't know if you know this or not. Many of you probably do, but Yellowstone, maybe you remember the, the National Park fires. And it said that 30 years after the fires, new vegetation and wildlife grow. New tree growth even appeared where it hadn't been before. <laughs> there's some things, if you continue to press on, there's some things going to show up in your life that God's going to bless you through and that God's going to do through you that you didn't even know were there. And 30 years after these fires, there are things growing in places that were not there before the fire came. The ashes of the fire created the perfect ground for new growth 
and the park wouldn't have seen some of its current vegetation if the fire hadn't happened. Let me encourage you today. Hey, Mom, (laughs) God is growing you in every season of your parenting. Hey, leader, God is growing you in every season of your journey. Keep running. Hey, boss, God is growing you in every season of difficulty. Keep running. Hey, employee, God is growing you in every season of your career. Keep running. Hey, Christian, God is growing you through every season in your life. Keep running. God wants you to stay in the process. And when you don't see the growth in your life that you were expecting and the enemy is trying to convince you that this is all that there is and it's not going to get any better, then maybe some of us need to stand up tall and look at the enemy and remind him, hey, in the spring things look pretty. In the summer, when I'm going through the heat, he's sustaining me. In the fall, when everything's falling off, it's because new things have to be coming behind it. And in the winter, my roots are going deeper because God's got something in store for me in the future. Somebody needs to know today that this is not the end. It's the beginning. And if you're in the winter season, spring is coming. Press on. Forget what's behind you. Look ahead and press on. When things get in your way, press on. When the enemy tries to convince you to quit, you press on. When the crowd gathers around and you can't really see Jesus anymore, you make your way through and you press on. Come on, is anybody going to press on today? I'm done. Y'all got me losing my voice. I ain't going to be able to preach at 1115. (laughs) We got to press on. Press on. Press on. Press on. Press on. You feel like you failed? Press on. It doesn't look like what you thought it would? Press on. You're not where you thought you would be? Press on. You don't know what the future really looks like? Press on. You don't know what is going to happen to your marriage? You press on. You don't know if your kids are, uh, if you're getting through to them? You press on. You don't know what's going on in your life right now, in your career, in your job? You just press on. Press on. God, we thank you today for your word. Lord, we thank you for speaking to us, for encouraging us, God, reminding us to press on, to keep running, to stay in the process, to do what you've called us to do. I want to invite our prayer team to come down. We're going to sing one final song, and when the worship team begins to sing, if you're here today and you need prayer for anything in your life, Maybe you want to come down for encouragement so that you can press on. Maybe you're going through something in your marriage, your finances, your job, your, 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 your living situation with your kids. I don't know what, what you're facing right now, but you just need somebody to encourage you to continue to press on. Can I just encourage you one more time before we pray and we sing? You're going to make it. 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 It's not over. You're going to make it. You're going to make it. God, today as we sing this final song, Lord, we praise you, we worship you, we give you all the honor and all the glory. And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every person today who needs prayer. In Jesus' name, amen.